Hi, this is Sarah of Spine Wellness Mexico Rive, and recently I was interviewed by the amazing Lisa Starr on my career journey, career path through the industry of spa and wellness that has taken me from working on cruise ships in the Caribbean to New Zealand, managing fitness facilities, and then to the Middle East, working in spas and expansion projects for spas and then finally to Mexico where I arrived as a spa director and then left to set up Spawn Wellness Mexicari Bay, the magazine, which has now reached 10 years. And uh, I'm really excited to share this wonderful episode of StarCast. Be sure to check out Lisa's other episodes featuring the career paths of a variety of amazing experts from our industry and their stories. Thank you so much, Lisa. Hello and welcome to StarCast. This is Lisa Starr with another guest for you, uh, who's someone who has worked in spa and wellness and has really taken some interesting career turns because when I saw, when I met our next guest as the editor of a magazine, I never realized, you know, where she started in the industry and I thought we've got to get her to share her story. So let me welcome today, Sarah Jones, the managing director, founder and editor of Spa Mexico Caribe. She is currently based in uh, the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico, but she has traveled the world and she will share her story with us. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. And talk oh, it's you. my pleasure. It's just so great to hear the stories of my friends and colleagues who have worked in spa and wellness, and everyone has taken such an interesting route to get there. I mean, so few of us are working in jobs we envisioned having when we were <laughs> In our teen years, and I'm sure you're no exception. That's definitely true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you grew up in England. That's right. And when you headed off to university, what was your intention? Uh, I studied psychology with nutrition, and I'm not sure I had a clear intention of what I wanted to do with that, but human behavior and motivation has always interested me, along with health, fitness, nutrition, and wellness mm -hmm. as an overall topic. Um, and I knew that a psychology degree would give, be a good foundation for whatever I might want to go on to do. Well, so. that's for sure, because we work <laughs> with people in whatever capacity and understanding their brains is awfully helpful, right? Definitely, yes. <laughs> so you finished your degree and uh, what happened next? Um, initially, I went back to my uh, hometown and got a job with uh, Motorola, the phone company, just to earn some money and very quickly realized that that was not what I wanted to be dedicating my time to. And I did want to uh, move away and travel and do something a little bit more exciting. Mm -hmm. I had actually worked at a gym and fitness center, the largest one in my area region, since I was 16. Mm. So um, I focused on getting some fitness qualifications and then um, by chance had the opportunity, a last minute opportunity came up to do a massage qualification with the same um, study school. And I took that as well. And from there, decided that I wanted to travel and I got a job working on cruise ships mm -hmm. and moved across to the Caribbean, where I was actually the fitness director in the gym. But during that first contract moved into um, the senior fitness director and then assistant spa manager. Um, during that uh, first contract at sea on cruise ships. So that was uh, definitely an interesting journey for me. <laughs> I'm always um, interested to hear about those cruise ship adventures because I know many people, especially in Europe, you know, did they take that route of the cruise ships 
and spa and wellness. So you were based in the Caribbean. It must have been delightful for you from after English weather. Definitely. (laughs) I gravitate towards sunshine. I actually did spend four years as a young child growing up in Florida from the age of two till six. So I think that uh, made me accustomed to warm weather and I wanted to get back to it as soon as possible. Um, The work on cruise ships really gave me a foundation of understanding the industry and the hard work that is necessary, um, dealing, working in a team, working mm-hmm. with people, um, clients from a variety of different backgrounds um, around the world. And I made lifelong friends and mm-hmm. found that I loved the industry, really, fitness, wellness, spa, all of it combined. Is it tough on the ship? I mean, I don't know how you get downtime when you're out on a cruise. You really don't get a lot of downtime, which is why young, fit, healthy people gravitate towards it because you have so much energy for anything and it's so exciting and you get to visit um, amazing places. But it can be very tiring and exhausting and people who don't uh, moderate their energy well uh, definitely get burnt out very quickly. So at this time on the ship, Sarah, was fitness a focus? I mean, it doesn't seem like that has become a focal point of ships today where they have so much fitness and leisure space. What was the situation back then? Uh, My primary job role was in the gym and uh, fitness was the focus for me, but I really loved the operations of the spa and getting into management. And as a qualified therapist as well, I was trained to do both. Mm -hmm. So when I moved into management, it was the combination of both fitness and spa and wellness and massage therapy and beauty that I enjoyed the variety of that. Do you think getting that training in massage is what helped you to land that next position? Uh, Definitely. It always helps to have more qualifications and more strings Mm -hmm. to your bow. Um, Mm -hmm. And that gave me a perspective for for the spa industry that I wouldn't have had if I had just come from the gym and fitness side of it. Mm -hmm. What do you think the main difference is when you come over into the spa side? What what do you think the main the sort of mindset a person needs to have that works in that as opposed to the other fields? I mean, definitely fitness historically has always been very loud and motivating mm. and energetic, whereas True. the spa and wellness side is more calm quiet. and balancing mm. and quiet. So I think that's a perfect reflection of who I am because I am very much energetic and vibrant, uh, but also I really enjoy calm, quiet, focusing on internal meditation and well-being. So it was a really nice balance that I got to use all of my skills and embrace both sides of my personality. Both sides of the brain. Yes. (laughs) So you're on the ships, you're managing the fitness, wellness, part? Did you do that on multiple ships? I worked across uh, three different ships uh, during my time over three years. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like I was done with working on cruise ships. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to move to New Zealand with a very good friend of mine who I actually met working on cruise ships. And I was managing the gym for the university, uh, Victoria University of Wellington in Wellington, New Zealand. And that was a short-term traveling holiday visa. So it was just uh, a six-month time of my life, but it was 
it was really great to go and live in another place. Uh, it did feel very far away from England. Mm -hmm. I love New Zealand. It's an amazing place. But I felt very removed and I did want to get back into Europe or the Americas when I left there. <laughs> I think New Zealand's about as far as you can get from England and still be on the planet, you know, besides Antarctica. Exactly. So you spent six months there and then headed back towards home? Well, I was looking for other opportunities and I did want to get somewhere that was closer to England, not in England. Mm -hmm. And I did want to get back into the spa side of things rather than just focusing on fitness because if I had gone too far down that route then I would have maybe lost touch with the spa and wellness side of things. So you were uh, already conscious that you wanted to keep spa in your arsenal? Definitely that was definitely part of my plan um, and so the next move that I made was actually to go and live and work in Dubai where I was the assistant spa manager of Cleopatra's Spa, which oh. anyone who, anyone who's been in the industry for a while knows about Cleopatra. Yes, a very iconic, expansive spa that was known for the professionalism, mm -hmm. the being at the on the vanguard, the forefront of innovation, and definitely the level of service. And I worked with and made friends with an amazing group of people many of whom were amazing mentors to me and taught me so much and who I'm still friends with today. And I also had the opportunity to mentor many of the therapists and people, supervisors within the spa uh, from that role. And happy to say they're also still friends as well. And uh, it's great to hear how they've gone on to other positions within the spa industry around the world as well. So that was definitely a formative few years in my career. <laughs> when you went to Cleopatra, what it was as a manager or a therapist or both? Assistant spa manager. Assistant spa manager. And tell us a little bit about, for listeners who don't know, how the spa industry is different in the Middle East. Everything is segregated male and female. So there's a lot of rules and regulations and all spas must be separate. There's definitely different groups of people in, in the Middle East where you have a group of Emiratis, the people local to the United Arab Emirates and Dubai. And you've got a lot of Western expats from Europe, the Americas. And then you have um, a lot of Asian influences as well. So it's really working with people from all over the world, which takes a bit of getting used to and understanding different communication styles both for the staff within the team and the guests and how, what communication styles work best with mm. each group of people. I hate to generalize, but there are customs and norms that each culture of people grow up with. And once you know that and identify that, mm. it can help definitely with communication. I know that managing a team, at one point we had a team of about 56 staff within mm. Cleopatra's Spa and alongside the spa manager and myself, like there were obviously very uh, difficult times and issues between different cultures within the team and different backgrounds and different expectations. And that was certainly challenging to manage, but definitely gave me a, a lot to learn and it gave me a lot of skills to move forward with. <laughs> For sure, I think, and you were really at the beginning of that. I mean, we're talking 10 or 12 years ago, correct? So Dubai is really a crossroads today, and it's such mm -hmm. a mixture of all the, you know, Asia, Europe, everyone meeting in the middle, but that was really just starting then, correct? I moved there in 2005, so mm -hmm. that's now. Yeah. 
And I had a couple of other projects, both within um, the company that I worked for, uh, Wafi City Pyramids um, uh, organization, and and then with another company afterwards, helping to expand a proposed chain of spas or mm-hmm. a, a set of spas. Um, and then, of course, we got to 2009 and the financial crisis really slowed everything down almost to a halt and people left, right and center were losing their jobs. And I was working in a project that came to a halt and got canceled. So mm-hmm. that was uh, what prompted the decision to look elsewhere mm-hmm. for a new role. So what was next for you, Sarah? I loved working in the spa industry and I knew that was where I wanted to stay. Um, I looked for positions both in Singapore and Hong Kong, potentially to move over to Asia, Mm -hmm. um, and also Caribbean and Mexico. And I was really fortunate fortunate enough to interview and receive an offer to work here in Mexico for the Rosewood Mayacoba, which Mm. uh, Rosewood is a really amazing luxury chain of resorts or collection of resorts Mm -hmm. um, that brought me over to Mexico and was just one of the most beautiful properties I had seen. And again, working with an amazing team of therapists within the spa and uh, allowing me to see what Mexico was like, having not vi- not visited since my time on cruise ships. Mm-hmm. And I knew that the industry was poised to really explode in this region. Well, hence the Mayakoba development. I mean, that's relatively mm-hmm. new. For people uh, listening, it's a little bit north of Playa del Carmen and south of Cancun, and it's sort of a purpose-built enclave, if you will, with groups of hotels and water access, and it's just extremely beautiful and well done, right? It definitely is, yes. It's like a world away, its own little world. It is, yes. And I really fell in love with Playa del Carmen as a Mm -hmm. city. Um, It's a small town, uh, and it's got a great community. And since I first moved here, I really felt like this was a place that would be home, maybe not forever. And I still Mm. don't use the word forever, but uh, for the foreseeable future. And I've now been here 11 years. Amazing. So when you went to Rosewood, was it new? Had it just opened recently? It was uh, three, about three years old. Um, so it was fairly new as a property and still making its mark. And the company itself has changed ownership since then. And there have been a lot of changes and a lot of investment in the group as a whole. So everything um, that I remember from my time there is very different to how it is today in their development, especially in their wellness offering around their resorts. So you stayed at Rosewood until what drew you to your next step? So during my time at Rosewood, I was tasked with redeveloping the menu of the spa and creating new treatments, bringing new products, a really exciting challenge and something that I was really interested in getting getting to grips with. And I asked the team, where is the industry magazine so we can see what's available (laughs) for us here in the industry? And the response was, what do you mean? There what magazine? <laughs> so that was when the seed was planted and the light bulb went on. And I thought to myself, interesting, there isn't an industry magazine in this area that I, I knew and believed would be so relevant for the spa and wellness industry and the tourism, travel and tourism industry, really, with the proximity to North America. 
And at that moment, it hit me that that would be a really good opportunity for someone. And I didn't think right in that moment, oh, this is what I should do. But over the coming months uh, of the just under a year that I spent with Rosewood Mayakoba, I I found it difficult to work there. I was in this amazing, beautiful location, and I felt so fortunate to be there. And the corporate spa team was so mm-hmm. supportive and amazing. Um, but it was in in a recession, and mm-hmm. I was not given the freedom to really make any decisions or change anything in the spa. Mm-hmm. And I found that really difficult, and it, I, I felt like I was stifled mm-hmm. in my creativity and ability to really make changes around the spa and do anything meaningful. So I decided that although it was an amazing company and amazing um, potential for the future of that resort, that it it was time for me to take a bit of a leap of faith and uh, jump two feet into a new project. So I, having never worked in publishing before. Or journalism (laughs) at all. No, that either. But with a a degree in psychology and having always uh, done very well in all my subjects at school, but definitely English and writing um, and business really is what interested me more than anything. It wasn't just the writing side Mm -hmm. of it, but being a part of the industry and helping it to move forward in this amazing country with so much to offer. um, I decided that I would put a business plan together and invest basically everything, everything I had, all my savings into starting a new company. And at the time it was called Spa Professional Mexico Mm -hmm. and it was just for Mexico. And I launched the magazine in print and online. Um, And then within a year I took it online. It, uh, it was, it made its impact in the industry, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't uh, feasible as a business to continue printing and distributing. Mm -hmm. And as everything was starting to move online, it was, the right time to take it online, which Mm -hmm. then allowed me the ability to expand into the Caribbean and Latin America. And Mm -hmm. through some strategic alliances, I um, was able to expand the reach of the magazine into Caribbean and Latin America. And then Spa and Wellness Mexicaribe, as it is known today, uh, became the brand. And over the last years, it's definitely flourished and has uh, increased in readership and I'm just very, very thankful and proud that it has become a relevant part of the industry in this region and and ho- hopefully has played a part in moving this uh, mm-hmm. this region forward in the in the spa and wellness industry worldwide. Well, for sure. It's a wonderful product and you are a great writer and you you're right on all the trends and topics. It's a good read. And and really it is a part of the world that's rife with spas, right? I mean, between mm-hmm. Just the Mexico and the Cancun area, let alone the greater Caribbean and Latin America. Um, but I just have to go back to starting a magazine. I mean, where do you begin? Like, what, what do you, how do you assemble the people? And how did you figure all of that out, Sarah? <laughs> I researched a lot. I spent all of my free time uh, looking at articles on business planning, on launching a magazine, on even the design and layout on websites, everything, everything that is involved. Um, I did hire certain companies to help me with the website, of course, mm-hmm. and a design company to help with the production of the magazine. It was definitely a very, very challenging time. Um, and I invested a lot of it, time, energy, money, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And there were definitely mistakes along the way, mm-hmm. um, but they taught me the lessons I needed to know. And mm-hmm. I continued to learn uh, as much as I could about the industry as I moved forward in it. And it was just, it was so well received. I was so grateful to know that it was well received by the industry that even a few years in when the business itself was not doing financially very well, something inside me kept me moving forward and knowing that there was a reason that I was doing this and that it would succeed eventually if I kept moving forward with it. And, uh, and I did. And now I'm very happy to say that it, it is a product that I'm very proud of, that it is well-received, that people look to for ideas, information, inspiration, mm-hmm. and that the Latin American community specifically are able to read in their own language, in mm-hmm. Spanish, um, about everything that's happening in the industry, which is really important. Well, that's the other point I wanted to make. I mean, this is this part of the world predominantly speaks Spanish, which is not your native language. And (laughs) did you go to the Caribbean with some knowledge of Spanish or from your time on the cruise ships? I started to learn Spanish from a podcast about three weeks before heading over to Mexico. So I landed and did not know any Spanish. Languages do not come easily to me which is a shame because some people pick them up so quickly. Um, it's not the way my brain naturally, naturally works. And I still struggle to this day with Spanish sometimes. But I am now able to hold conversations, give mm-hmm. presentations in Spanish, do webinars um, and, and things in Spanish and present in Spanish. And it is a constant um, learning curve and mm-hmm. something that I am always motivated to progress. I now read books in Spanish, listen to podcasts in Spanish and focus on that as much as I can to continue learning. It is not as fluent as I would love it to be, but I live in a place that is full of tourism and pretty much everyone you come into contact with will also speak English. So it is not, I'm not fully immersed in the mm-hmm. Spanish language by any means. I know there are places around Latin America and Mexico, where that would be more easy um, to have the immersion experience. But Playa del Carmen is not one of them, unfortunately. So it takes a lot of effort. Well, I'm just so impressed about that. I mean, when I learned that you moved there and started a language, uh, started a magazine in a language you weren't native to, I was just like, who is this person? I have to, <laughs> I have to get to know her. And um so now you look back on what you've learned uh, from the magazine. How many years has it been now that it's been up and running? 10 years. 10 year anniversary. What do you wish you had known when you set out to begin the magazine? Oh, so many things. Like <laughs> things that were a learning curve that I needed to learn in the way that I learned them. Um, sure, I would have saved time, energy and money if I had known everything then that I knew now. But it was a journey and a process that I think needed to happen the way that it happened. The one thing that possibly possibly could have made things easier, uh, which is something very close to my heart, which was it would have been having a support network around me. When you go mm-hmm. from being, being in a company to starting a business on your own, you don't always have that. And as a young female in Mexico starting mm-hmm. a business, there were a lot of challenges And one of the reasons I actually started the Global Wellness Institute Initiative for Women in Leadership four years ago was to provide other young female professionals and entrepreneurs a network of support. Mm. If I had had that at the time, I think that it would have definitely helped me 
emotionally, mentally, and I'm pretty resilient as a person anyway, but it would definitely have helped me to have just other professional entrepreneurial women to bounce ideas off, to motivate me when I felt at a, at a loss or mm-hmm. when I needed um, some encouragement or words of wisdom or some advice. And I didn't have that in those first years. So I think that that would have made a big difference. Mm. And I hope that going forward now with there's so, there's so many net women's networks mm. and mentorship programs that I hope that any young female starting a business or in a profession can find someone to play that role for them or a group of women to support them um, so that they have that support. That makes a lot of sense, Sarah, when you look back, there wasn't those networks. And, you know, I applaud your struggles, but today there are many opportunities for mentorship in in all sorts of ways. And so kudos to you for starting that initiative. Um, The initiatives uh, for listeners are parts of the Global Wellness Institute, and there are 32 initiatives currently. The one Sarah mentions is one of those 32. Um, But it's really wonderful to have women in whatever field, right, to have somewhere Mm -hmm. to turn to. You have uh, how many people on your task force? Um, There is 11 of us now, Mm -hmm. and I actually just finished my four-year term as the initiative chair. So I'm now the vice chair and Julie Keller. Uh, is has now taken over as our chairperson of the initiative. Another woman who is very passionate about women supporting women and women in the wellness industry, as you know. Of course, and funny, uh, someone also from the magazine side as well. Yes. Uh, in her former life. So what's next for Spawn Wellness Mexico Caribe and for you, Sarah? For Spawn Wellness Mexico Caribe, um, Really, this last year has been very, very challenging, as I'm sure we all know. (laughs) Uh, So we've really been focusing on keeping the communication going with the industry. When the pandemic hit a year ago, we started doing webinars and offered all of our advertisers uh, a webinar for free. And now Mm -hmm. that's something we're able to monetize. But really just to help um, the communication grow Mm -hmm. and strengthen in places where the industry is still very new. So countries in Latin America, South America, the Caribbean, where the industry is just really a a lot newer and less established than it Mm -hmm. is here in Mexico. So to really help those industries flourish a little bit more, um, to continue creating alliances across the region and worldwide. And then really, for what I see for the industry, the pandemic really gave us a bit of a chance to open our eyes to the fact that work does not need to be in an office, mm. sitting next to all of your co-workers in a cubicle or in a, in a big city. And now that more people have so much freedom to work remotely, I think that the spa and wellness industry across this region, specifically Mexico, Caribbean, Latin America, can really capitalize on offering long-stay retreats or wellness, wellness sabbaticals, mm-hmm. which has been a trend, but offering people a place to live and work remotely for an extended period of time. Mm. And I, I think that we're going to see a lot more of that. Mexico especially is perfectly positioned for North Americans to mm-hmm. come and spend time on the same time zone mm-hmm. with good infrastructure of internet and facilities and access to airports to get anywhere they would need to within a matter of hours, just like you could from within the US. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if we can really offer that to people that are looking for it. I think that um, this region could really benefit from so much more mm. investment and income from those travelers that are looking 
for an extended stay, but also need wellness to become part of that, as we all do in our lives. Mm -hmm. Well, beautiful weather, great food, Mm -hmm. friendly people. No, it is a wonderful part of the world that you've settled in. Is there anything that you miss about living in England? Oh, (laughs) there are many things. Um, Friends, family, and certain food, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, I do miss. And I try to get back to England every year to see uh, friends and family and enjoy the time. I love England, especially in the summertime. Mm -hmm. It's such a beautiful country and um, I will continue to always visit as much as I can. Last year, I was not able to, but I am hoping to this year. Um, And now with travel being easier, I hope that more people that are close to me from around the world can come and visit me in Mexico as well. Mm -hmm. Are there spa associations in any of the Latin American countries? There are associations and there are events um, in various different countries. And uh, I've made partnerships and with a variety of those Mm -hmm. to help grow the reach of the magazine and to help um, extend uh, the communication and strengthen the network of communication amongst the industry from everyone studying and starting off in the industry in their, you know, holistic therapy schools Mm -hmm. to industry veterans, um, managing and directing spas or corporate groups of spas. So there are certain associations. There's not one overall for the area, um, but there are a variety of them. Well, that's a good way to liaise too. And I'm hoping that perhaps listeners in Latin American or Caribbean countries will, will reach out to whatever association they can. And of course, to read Spa and Wellness Mexicaribe. In the meantime, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your wisdom and inspiration. Um, I should say Sarah is also has a consulting company, Era Spa. Would you like to speak to what you do with them? So as someone with um, an extensive background in the spa and wellness industry, but also from my experience with the magazine, getting to see so many spas across so many different countries. I think it kind of gives me a unique viewpoint when helping any spa and wellness uh, companies develop their um, proposal, their offering for Mm. spa and wellness. So through our spa consulting, um, I actually do a variety of different uh, consulting projects, whether it's developing a spa or um, helping an existing spa streamline their operation or uh, recruitment assistance And that can be remote. It can be based in Mm -hmm. Mexico here, close to where I am on the Riviera Maya, um, or it could involve travel now that we're able to travel again a little bit more freely. (laughs) A little bit more. I I know plenty of people from uh, the U.S. are heading to Mexico uh, in the coming weeks, very much so. (laughs) Well, thank you again for joining us, Sarah Jones, Spa and Wellness Mexicaribe, and Era Spa Consulting, and whatever else is beyond. Uh, I I'm looking forward to having our paths cross again soon. Thank you so much, Lisa. It was really fun to talk with you. Thank you. You too. Have a good day. This episode of StarCast was engineered by, with theme music written and produced by, Ethan Starr. Yes, he is my son. Video versions of these interviews can be found on YouTube on the Win Business page, that's W-Y-N-N-E Business, under Podcast Playlists. Please be sure to follow StarCast on your favorite podcast platform, and thank you for listening.